Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. J.T. DeVolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning at 10 Eastern Live. Kicking it here with you, and you know what that means. It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. I say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the Big Blue Marble. Thanks for joining me here each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Live for the High Altitude Mentorship Show, brought to you, as always, by flywithjt.com. That's flywithjt.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, as well as stay connected to and dialed into the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road, including Mach 1 Mastery, which is our new monthly coaching program. Very exciting stuff. Make sure you get yourself over to flywithjt.com right now and find out all about that. Today we're going to explore something that I think is tremendously important as you climb the ladder of success, as you get out there and accomplish those missions in your business and life, invariably you may run into what we're going to talk about today. It's possible that each and every single one of us at some point finds ourselves, in a, at least in a small way, afflicted by this, really, it's almost like a disease, really. And it kills more success, more dreams, and more greatness than just about any other force in the universe. Now, this affliction I'm talking about is self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is an interesting thing because just as the name implies, it's a self-inflicted wound, right? We literally get in our own way. We stop ourselves, prevent ourselves from taking the critical steps that we know we have to take. And here's the interesting part. We talk a lot about fear holding people back from success, right? And so it's not enough to just say fear. That's a very sort of childish approach to it. It's that dime store, uh, you know, information and wisdom that people try to pass to us when they don't know what else to say. Oh, it must just be your fear that's getting in the way. It's a far deeper conversation than fear. Fear in and of itself, even if we just take the fear conversation for just one second, let's just take a slight divergence here, when we talk about self-sabotage, Yes, there is an element of fear. Self-sabotage is rooted in fear. But what kind of fear? Is it the fear of failure? Could be. Is it the fear of success? Absolutely, for sure. Is it the fear of not being able to live up to it? Or perhaps that the, 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 the success won't live up to what we expect of it. All of these things are true. And so it's no wonder that we see people perfectly capable, smart, intelligent, talented people with everything on the line, you start to see them kind of start to throw things away. Now, what's interesting about this, we'll talk about the throwing it all away syndrome here in just a moment. What does it really look like? What does self-sabotage actually look like? It takes on a lot of different forms. In some cases, it's, it's flat-out procrastination. 
we know what we have to do, right? We we start procrastinating. Procrastination is rooted in all kinds of crazy stuff. Sometimes it's a lack of clarity, but a lot of times procrastination is really not knowing or not doing what we know what we have to do. It's not so much that we don't know what to do. That's more overwhelm. Overwhelm will stop us because we're like we don't even know where to start. Or maybe we know the first two or three steps. We don't know what happens after that. It becomes very overwhelming. We stagnate. We stall out. And then, of course, there we are. But with procrastination, it's a little bit different because what we're talking about is somebody who knows what they're, what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you know the work that you're supposed to be doing. You know the effort. You know the things that are required of you. And yet, there you are, surfing Facebook, looking on YouTube, Pinterest, right? You uh, you know, uh, there's a million different distractions that will pull a person away, a perfectly intelligent, hardworking, dedicated, committed person, and pull them off target. It's that procrastination. Sometimes self-sabotage looks like impatience, especially with results. Now, imagine this. Let's say you've been at the, the routine for since the beginning of the year. Now here we are, you know, midway through or almost midway through the second month. It is flying by. 2016 is leaving vapor trails. It's going so fast. But yet maybe we're not seeing the level of results we had expected. We started to see some, but for whatever reason, we're not seeing the level that we thought we were going to get. And so there's a little part of our brain deep down in the recesses of our brain that's pounding, screaming, and saying, you got to be kidding me. All this for that? That's all we, you know, everything that we've dedicated, put forth, all this hard work, blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice, and this is it? And so all of a sudden we start doing things saying it's not worth it. Start throwing in the towel, right? The self-sabotage kicks in. Another telltale sign of self-sabotage is that anxiety from the results. We start to see the results and go, holy crap, this thing might actually work after all. It happens more often than you might realize, especially when it comes to some sort of a financial gain. You know, it's one thing to lose weight. Let, let's, let's just separate two things and just kind of demonstrate how anxiety from results might look. A lot of times people say, what do you mean getting anxiety from results? If I had six-pack abs today, I'd be stoked. You might be. Right? But it's a little bit different because people tend to honor somebody else's fitness more than they honor their finances. All of a sudden, if you go from being you know, a fat slob to being hardcore cut, you know, just totally uh, you know, stoked and, and, and dialed in physically, you've got great fitness, you're healthy, people will honor that more. Right? They're like, wow, that's an inspiration. But you turn around and see somebody who digs themselves up out of the gutter – and build a successful enterprise for themselves and start making great money, all of a sudden that, that measuring stick, money, becomes a wedge between certain people. And that can create the anxiety because now all of a sudden we're thinking to ourselves, I'm starting to get those results, now what? You know, now, the, now, now we're going to have to deal with a lot of the you know, issues of, of having the, the money and the fame and the success, whatever the, whatever the thing is. And that anxiety shows up. Another way that self-sabotage presents itself is in the form of distractions. We talked a little bit about this just a moment ago with procrastination, right? All of a sudden, we start finding ourselves very easily distracted, not just from the typical stuff, but from the craziest things in the world. We will find ourselves distracted knowing in the moment while we're working on a project that's extremely important, even has a deadline, suddenly we find ourselves incapable 
of focusing. I get a lot of clients that come to me and say, JT, I need help with focus. And when they start to describe as we go through the you know, sort of investigation process of what it looks like for them, how it presents itself, suddenly what it is is, hey, I'm, I'm in the middle of doing something really important and I just can't keep my brain together. I'm here, I'm there, I'm all over the place. Well, guess what? It's a small form of self-sabotage. And in some cases, it's not small. In some cases, it's quite severe. There's a dark side to this as well. Right? Though this may not be as sort of outwardly evident as the more obvious throwing it all away type of storyline, as I was indicating a moment ago, there's a, there, there's a real danger, a dark side to self-sabotage. I think one of the bigger self-sabotaging, or one of the bigger dark sides to self-sabotage is the terminal cycle of failure. Now, you guys have heard me talk about failure. Really, the, the way I define failure is there's only two ways you can truly fail in business and life, right? One is to never start in the first place. We talked about procrastination earlier. So it's possible that we might enter this terminal phase of failure where we just continue to not start. We get big dreams, but we don't launch. The, other, the only other way to fail, there's two ways to fail, not start, and then the other one is to quit. And so we get into a terminal cycle of quitting. We get frustrated, we don't get the results we want, or we start to get the results and all of a sudden we find ourselves getting off track. It becomes a terminal cycle, meaning it doesn't end. We get to a certain level of success and then we find a way to fall off. People will often, you'll hear this talked about, especially when it comes to uh, wealth courses and, and helping people with their prosperity consciousness. You hear this, you know, setting your thermostat. If the thermostat is set too low, as soon as you hit that temperature, the heat kicks off. The furnace stops doing what it's doing. And if it's a financial furnace, then once you get to a certain income, you'll find a way to offload it, even if you win the lottery. Exactly why, when you see lottery winners lose all their money, is because their financial thermostat is not set correctly. Well, this is what we're talking about. You get into a terminal cycle of failure where we hit a certain level of whatever the success is, whatever we're defining it as, and then suddenly we're like, whoa, 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 I'm not supposed to be beyond this. This is the highest rung on the ladder I'm allowed to climb, according to me. And so we shut ourselves down. We, and then we start again. We're like, oh, man, this is awful. I've got to get going. And we, we start to climb up the ladder again, only to get to that rung to find ourselves falling off. Now, I mentioned this a moment ago, but we have a habit of quitting. This is another dark side to self-sabotage, is establishing a habit of quitting, establishing a habit of saying enough is enough. And for whatever reason, it, and here's the crazy part, here's the most insidious part to the whole thing, is sometimes outside sorts of things like family issues, uh, even econo economic or political things, things that are completely outside of our realm of, of control, we surrender our, our power over to, and that gives us an opportunity to quit. Well, I couldn't do it because so-and-so became very sick and I had to drop everything to take care of them. And listen, that is by no means anything to take lightly. I'm not saying don't do that. But be very careful and see, do you have a habit of quitting? Do you have a habit of having these things just sort of show up in your life almost without, without any hesitation? That's a very important question to ask. Not to be insensitive about it. You have to be sensitive. But the question that you have to ask yourself is, do I find myself having this habit of quitting? Because crazy things show up in my life. The other part that I think is a real dark side to self-sabotage is it diminishes that self-confidence and that self-respect. In an almost unrepair, in, you know, unrepairable way. 
It's as if your self-respect gets damaged so much that it becomes crippled. It can only go so far. There's only so much abuse it can take after a while because of the self-sabotage. Pretty soon, because it's coming from you, it's one thing if another person sabotages you. That will probably empower you, embolden you, kick you in the butt, and make you come back harder and stronger each and every single time. But when it happens to ourselves, man, it could be really dangerous. The the despondency, the desperation, the depression, even worse, is what starts to set in. Because this, my friends, this is why it's so important for us to address self-sabotage. Extremely important. This is not something that is is trivial by any means. So what can we do about self-sabotage? What is it we can actually do to not just know what it is, but to reverse it and to prevent it from happening? The first step is to recognize when it happens. It, this takes self-honesty, right? This takes the ability to say to yourself, I'm doing this, without judgment, without calling it bad or good, without calling it wrong, nothing. Just say, hey, it is what it is. I'm self-sabotaging. Right now, I am doing something that is taking me off, not just taking me off track to my results, but pulling me away from it, pushing me in the opposite direction. How do we recognize this? One of the best ways you can recognize if you're in a self-sabotaging cycle is to practice kind of, think of it like mindfulness, being in the moment, if you will. I would argue or, or opine that an hourly assessment might be great to just ask yourself, especially during a work day, not just sitting around the, you know, on the weekend with your friends or your family, but when you're doing your thing, when you're building your business, when you're chasing your goal, in those times of execution, do the assessments and ask, am I self-sabotaging? Am I holding myself back? Or am I pushing myself to my highest standard that I can? Am I pushing myself to a higher level of performance? That recognition in the moment is extremely important because that's where we nip it in the bud. We don't nip it in the bud after the fact, looking in the rearview mirror with the hindsight of 2020, right? It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. We have to recognize it in the moment and say, my goodness, I'm doing, I'm doing it again, and then do something about it. The next part that we can do, the next sort of really important technique to stopping self-sabotage is to do, the best way I can describe it is trend spotting, right? Where you have to ask yourself, where are you relative to the goal itself? Are you close to it? Like, are you about to accomplish it? And is that the place where you tend to fall off? Do you tend to find a way to trip up, your shoelace becomes untied just before the finish line? Is that the case? Or is it somewhere in the middle of the race? Do you find a way to, to you know, just find yourself getting knocked off track? Do you find the, the project falling apart midway through? Or is it one of those downrange type of things where, you know, like right when you first start the project, things start to fall apart? Knowing where you are relative to your goals, your aspirations, the results you're looking for, and finding are there certain trends. It happens at the beginning, it happens in the middle, or it happens right before I'm about to complete the task. That's important self-knowledge. And, and, to, and to say, hey, you know, how is the progress really affecting me? Very important. The next part to this is to check your network. It's amazing to me how many high-performing people, especially entrepreneurs, will start to push people away. What's interesting is I thought I had caught myself in this trend 
not too long ago. I found myself in a position where I was kind of like, I got this. I don't need to reach out to people. Let me try to figure this out for myself. It's a Rubik's Cube only I can solve, so to speak, you know, metaphorically speaking, of course. And I was going down this path of not just pushing people away, but I was just trying to keep it to myself. And I recognized, yes, this is a form of self-sabotage. And so it's important to recognize those trends because if in the moment you recognize them, that's your best option to turn it around is to reach out to that network. Hey, I'm sorry if I've been you know, difficult to be around. I'm sorry if I've kind of been distant or pushing you away, but I really need you right now. Can you help me? I've got something I'm working on that's very important. Pushing people away, being confrontational, you know, kind of cycling through people, that's another one. I, I saw this recently in a very successful entrepreneur. She, she'd built a business, an international brand, and what, we, what she was doing was just cycling through people. And her complaint was, I just can't find quality people. There's nobody out there, was her, was her saying, which is not true. It's that she had set a filter inside her head, her heart, and everything else that made it impossible for anybody to live up to made it impossible for anybody to show up and do the work that she wanted of them because she would find fault in anything and just fire them or cycle through them and move on to the next person. It was a form of self-sabotage. And, you know, unless, that, unless she gets that under control, it's going to be a rough ride. Very important that you check your network. Your network, we've said this before, you are the, the, the you know, sort of not the sum total, but the average of the five people you spend the most time around. Well, if you keep cycling through people, you have to ask yourself, you know, what is it about me that's causing this cycle? If, it's, if there's confrontation, if there's people giving you pushback, what is it about you that's creating that friction? Is it a self-sabotaging incident? The next part is the, what I like to call eyes on target. Are you obsessing on just one thing, or are you keeping the big picture? You see this a lot with entrepreneurs when it comes to finances. All of a sudden, they start obsessing over money. They start tripping over dollars to save pennies. They start doing things that are almost irrational. They will literally spend themselves out of business, but they'll get so obsessed with money that they're not making any anymore. They start to lose the fun and the passion in the business because they've made it all about the money, made it all about the bottom line. And while money and the bottom line are super important, they're not everything. And, the, and, and for somebody to, go, to disagree with that, you've got to be careful because that is, could, can be one of the door openings to self-sabotage in and of itself. Is to say, hey, what, you're crazy, man. All life is is about results and the bottom line. It's not. It's not all about that. Those are important, but it's not everything. Are you, are, here's the other question about eyes on target. Are we constantly moving the target, virtually making it impossible for us to hit the target in the first place? Again, it's a trend that the self-sabotager does well, the self-saboteur, so to speak. Not self-sabotager, I guess is not a word. Are you moving the target all the time to help make it almost impossible for you to hit it? Because if we keep moving targets, we're basically looking for the escape hatch, aren't we? We're looking for a way out. I think this last one, though, is important. This is a question that we all have to ask ourselves when we're doing the assessment of self-sabotage. Are we self-sabotaging ourselves? And a great way to know this is to ask this important question. So write this down. How do you truly see yourself relative to your goals, your dreams, your targets? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself 
as worthy of success and valuable. And when I say worthy, I'm not talking about deserving of success, okay? It's not a deservability thing. It's a worthiness, meaning you have enough value, you have enough worth to live up to the dreams and the goals that you're shooting for. Surprising how people will want fancy cars and big bank accounts and houses and things like that, but they don't see themselves as worthy enough to live at that level. When you get right down to the root of it, they'll never hit that target because they don't have a self-worth that matches the net worth that they're dreaming of. Amazing. You have to see yourself being worthy of the target and the goal and the success. You have to see yourself and value yourself and know that you're more than just, it's, it's more than just wanting it. It's more than coming from a chest-pounding, you know, deservability. It comes from being worthy of it and saying, I am worth this. And when you do come to that ar- arrival, when you arrive at that station, that is when we start doing the better work. That's when we start putting the better action, and that's when those actions start leading to the results. It's extremely important that we pay close attention to this each and every single day. I cannot overemphasize this. I can't emphasize this enough, my friends. We have got to stop the self-sabotage. This is some of the work that I do deeply with my clients. I love and am privileged to be able to do this kind of work because it's one of those things that makes a tremendous impact in people's lives, not just their success, not just their results, but their overall happiness, their overall quality of life. When we recognize the self-sabotage, when we halt the cycle, when we reverse the trend and start rising to and accepting and loving and, and taking every single ounce of life, the results and all of it, into play, everything changes. And that, my friends, is a high-performance business and a high-performance life. My friends... The show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern right here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again next week. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week.